Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Smart Parents Successful Students podcast, and I am here with a different uh, guest today. Her name is Ellie Molina. Welcome, Ellie, to the show. Hi, Helen. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad you could join me. I know we've done a Facebook Live, which, by the way, folks, you can catch on my Dynamis uh, Learning Academy Facebook page, my LinkedIn page, and my personal page, actually. And I think that was about maybe in October when we did that, right, Ellie? And it was well, well received. I don't know if Ellie even knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will have to talk about that, Ellie, because it was well received. And I had yeah, I'd love to hear about that, Helen. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I had some parents that actually were commenting too that uh, we were talking about the ADHD and how uh, I did see. I, I did see some of the comments in um, in the Facebook group chat. Yes. Yes. So uh, I want to introduce yourself to uh, the podcast uh, people. So everybody make sure you know they know who you are. So Ellie is an international advisor to public figures, celebrities, and entrepreneurs. She is the creator of the Psy Kids Academy, a program that helps children and their parents unlock a child's natural mind, power, and potential. She hosts the weekly live podcast, Ask Ellie, where she answers questions and shares her wisdom. I've seen that. It's really great. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Children Who Know How to Know, and is currently working on a sci-fi novel. Ooh, that sounds exciting. (laughs) You'll have to tell us about that later, too. Well, welcome to the show again. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to begin with, uh, I'm going to ask you, what was your journey that you took to get you to where you are today with your, with your company? Oh, goodness. And, that's that's going to sure take, tell us, tell us the name of your company as well. Okay. Thank you. So that will take the entire half hour. So I'm just going to do the <laughs> abbreviated version. And I have always wanted, so I've been psychic as we all are. And I practiced developing my psychic abilities from a very early age. That was my pastime. That was my hobby. And when I was started teaching middle school, which was, um, I'd been teaching before I taught college, but I didn't teach middle school until 1986. Now you can date me. And when I was teaching middle school, I started to notice how telepathic the kids were. It was proving everything to me. So I had this dream that someday, one day, I was going to create some sort of a program that would involve using telepathic skills, human potential, empowering skills, all of this. It was my dream. And I did nothing with it for many, many years until 2000. 
in 2005. And then it was in 2005 that I was teaching middle school in the New York City um, system and using this work. And I gave myself permission because the secret had just been revealed and the movie was out and the book was out. And I said, you know what, if the secret is out there, then I can find a way to teach this to children. And I give myself permission. And then we had incredible results um, with the kids on their tests. And then Mm -hmm. the principal came to me, the district came to me like, what are you doing over here? And I, I explained to them, we're using affirmations and self-empowering, and we are reframing our belief system. And they're like, okay. And (laughs) then they said, well, you know what, this seems to be working. So let's, I give, we give you permission to do a year long program, which I then named the power to create. So that's in my book also every year, every day, every week, I'm sorry, every week, every Friday morning, um, I had a group of 20 seventh graders and we practiced things like remote viewing. We practiced telepathy. We did affirmations. We really worked on developing our mind power mm-hmm. and this helped them in their academics and also in their empowering of themselves by mm-hmm. what they can, by what they could do. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. And, and then that led to me moving to Washington and working in a private school uh, called the Children's School of Excellence, where we taught blindfolded archery, remote viewing, tele- telepathy, telekinesis. And then later on, um, when that school went out of uh, business because of lack of funds, you, I, a group of parents and myself started and started continued the school. It still ha- it was named the Rainier Academy at that time. We named it the Rainier Academy, and we were able to make it run for uh, almost a year. Or and then we lost our funding also, but, which mm-hmm. was sad, you know. But that's, yeah. when you're really out of the, when you're out of the box, Helen, mm-hmm. uh, you need it, it. Yeah, you need people to really support being out of the box. They've got to be on board hundred percent. So it's kind of unusual to get that high level of funding that we needed. So we were very, very lucky and grateful to have it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's how it goes. I hate to say. So what, um, what steps can we take as, as parents to help our children learn to live a more fulfilled life? Oh, geez, Helen, there are so many steps one can take. The first one that I'm going to tell you is the parents need to become conscious. And what that means is parents need to become self-aware. They've got to realize that what they're saying and what they're speaking and what they're thinking not only affects their own life directly, but it also it also affects their the way that they live, the environment, and their children. Children, we know, are like sponges. And so whatever we're going to put into a child between the ages of zero to eight is going to be in the subconscious program. It's going to be there in the subconscious. And then, then later on, as adults, we look at going to therapy because we have to unprogram all this stuff that got put into us. So mm-hmm. if a parent can be really conscious and mindful of what am I telling my child? What am I saying to my child? What belief systems am I instilling in my child? Well, this will be a really great beginning. So mm-hmm. that's where I would start first. You know, the old saying goes, 
a ship is only as good as its captain. So, you know, it all starts top down. The captain of the ship are the parents. That's true. Yes, I agree with you. That's true. Captain are the parents. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and that's a, that's a difficult job and in, in, to, in today's society even more so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where really when I when I talk about like where do we start? We start with the parents. We start with educating the parents about language, about thoughts. You know, in my I have a chapter in my book words to use, words to lose how certain words will affect um, the way that we feel. And then if we're, oh, it's just, it's, it's so layered, this consciousness. But the more aware that we are, the more we can help our children. Mm-hmm. That's true. So what can we do um, as parents and educators to reach kids or have them, quote, hear us? <laughs> A lot of times I hear from parents where they're like, they're not listening to me. That's why I need to hire you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's true because we have become because of the way and, and I'm just going to say this. I don't even know if this is true. Um, I believe this is a belief of mine that the way that our society is and the way that we interact um, and children watch movies on TV and comedies and there is not that much respect for the parents and then the parents begin to talk and they become noise and there's constantly criticizing and blaming and what they need to be doing and this constant talk from the parent. And so what happens is the parent becomes noise. Same thing for husband and wives, okay? You know, like they're just noise. And so we stop listening. And the moment that we stop listening, we go into a pattern that has been called uh, different names, but it's kind of in, in some in some training in some training programs the pattern is called an already always listening pattern which is that you all whenever you hear the word always your consciousness already starts to say oh they always say that so by saying they always say that there's no room for anything new to be heard so because you're listening to them through those eyes of oh, they always do that they always do that But then if you're seeing that, because what we perceive is what we're going to see. So if we can adjust that and say, well, you know, I'm going to see them with new eyes. And then we change our perspective. All of a sudden we have a different listening of somebody. So this is where we have to practice learning how to listen. So that we also don't just become babble, that we're like noise constantly babbling at our children and saying whatever thought is coming through us without filters. So the less we speak, the more effective we're going to be. And then we have to make our words count so that children as well as parents can recognize the value of their words. So each word has its value. So perhaps we speak less, listen more, use Mm. our words more carefully, choose the words. Yeah. Give, up, give up the blaming and the consequences and the way that we have probably been raised for hundreds of hundreds of years, which is if you don't do X, then you won't get Y. Okay. Like give that up. Right, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't, you can't try to bribe them. <laughs> no, it's totally ineffective. And it's also, it's also perpetuating these 
old fashioned ways of communicating that are so ineffective because if they were effective, they would have worked the first time. And so we need to retrain the way that we speak to each other, the way that we speak to ourselves, the way that we speak to our children, if we are going to have a different consciousness and a different result. Because, you, you know, again, remember the, the quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to have a different result. <laughs> That's right. So that goes for speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My husband likes that quote. He likes to say it every so often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to empower children to become independent and take um, initiative? Oh, that's a good one because whew, a lot of kids are, are not wanting to take the initiative and have this inner self-confidence, I think, is what I always say there, there's lacking. I've been saying that for years in my 25 years of education. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to say something that parents are not going to like. The parents have taken that away from the children by the time the kid is like two and a half years old. Mm. So the, the helicoptering, the telling the child all the time, no, 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 no. Do this, do that, do this, do that. This uh, bossing of the child, what it really does is it knocks the self-esteem, it batters a child's self-esteem. It breaks the child. Then at age five, you're looking at a child that has been broken unintentionally by its parents so that it could be formed into many versions of what the parents expect it to be. And then you're looking at this five-year-old and expecting it to take initiative when all it's been taught is to be submissive. So how's that going to work? How's that going to work? So my question is when you're parenting and you have a two and a half year old and you want to call it an old fashioned temper tantrum, there's a reason why a child at two and a half is frustrated. They don't have the vocabulary. So something is, there's a need that needs to be met. So rather than screaming at a kid or doing whatever they do with children, you know, I don't know, I'm not in, I'm not in the parenting arena in terms of young children, I get to watch the way that my children are parenting. Mm. Rather than stick a kid in front of a TV screen or an iPad or something, I have seen this in restaurants, one and a half year olds um, with iPads in front of them. Why? So that they can be quiet. I mean, teaching mm-hmm. some social skills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, you're, this again, gets to let, let me, let me squash them. The child will become submissive, submissive to the information that is being fed to them. So you're creating generations of, of children that are discouraged from thinking. And then again, now you're looking at, well, you know, go think, go become a leader, go do well, really. So there's a huge disconnect in the educational process that goes on and then the results that people are expecting of these children. That's interesting that you say that. Yep. I've seen the same thing in restaurants where they'll give them a device and even when the food comes, the child doesn't want to remove that device from their, from their vicinity. So yeah, why not take the time? This is a great time to have conversation with your children and to, talk about different things and have them express their, even at two years old, they have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. And even if it's just labeling for some children, you know, depending on where they're at in their language development, it's naming objects. Okay. So you're not, you know, you're with your kid, your, your focus is on your child. So maybe you're not talking about politics at that table or the, <laughs> or your clothing or, you know, whatever's on the, 
whatever you just saw on Instagram that has, you know, captured your attention. Perhaps you're just focused right now on labeling and naming objects with your child while they're eating or while they're playing or while you're sitting having a conversation. So the focus goes on that child for a, you know, a certain amount of time. Those conversations could be had when the child is in bed. Mm-hmm. It's really, again, look, you know, parents may think I don't like parents, but that's not true. I'm just saying I love parents. But if we're going to change the what we expect of our children and we're going to um, provide them with the best possible life, then we've got to be aware of what we're doing. You know, the old saying, uh, don't do what I'm doing, do what I say. That doesn't work. Kids are going to do what you do. So we have mm-hmm. to lead by example and just know that they are sponges. They hear everything. They, pick they up see everything. everything. <laughs> they, have, they are emotionally, they are emotionally the biggest empaths on the planet. And so lying to a kid and telling a kid everything is okay when everything is not okay again, totally negates their intuition. And then that messes around with their ability later to trust their own intuition. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't have to tell a kid what your problem is, but at that moment in time, you could just say, you know what, we are having a, whatever, we're having a conversation, you're safe. And, but mommy and daddy, you're having a conversation about something you are safe. And that is all you need to know at this time. But you're so perceptive that you see that we're nervous about something or that we're, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about something. So there's mm-hmm. a word that you can use that will rec- that will validate the child's emotions. At the same time, you get to, the child gets to say, oh, yeah, no, and I can trust my, even though they're not verbalizing it, but they're mm-hmm. saying to themselves, wow, I can count on my intuition to guide me. Because I know. Where's a good place for parents to go to find this stuff, Ellie? Is it in your book or? Yes, there's, would- there's a lot in my book, uh, Children Who Know How to Know, which is available on Amazon, as we said before. Mm-hmm. And then, or you could probably pick it up at Barnes and Noble or somewhere else. But I'm just saying, you know, Amazon's not that I'm pushing Amazon, but it, it's like easy, right? Right. <laughs> so, so I had to say, I've been to stores many times looking for items, and my husband goes, Okay, you've been how many times you can't find them? So just get them on Amazon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that is where one place where the book is available, you know. So it's a, it is at bookstores, depending on which bookstore you go to. So it's children who know how to know. So I have a lot of information in there. And then the other place I do have, well, I do have an online program. And which is now totally built out. And there is something called the midnight, the midnight portal, where I'm going to be doing conscious parenting once a month. So this is a membership site. And again, to reach me, Ellie at elliemolina.com, E-L-L-Y-M-O-L-I-N-A. But that's another way to get in there. And then if you really, parents really want to learn much more about this, you know, start Google searching conscious parenting. Look up, you know, go back to mindfulness, for example. Mm -hmm. The things that I teach are, um, okay, let me, the things that I teach are deeper than mindfulness and regular conscious parenting, because I take it into another level, which involves the intuitive mind power abilities of each one of us. So I take it in, every one of us is born with natural abilities in their, we're all born 
with psychic abilities, all of us. Mm. Now, how deep we get to use this, again, depends on how open a parent is, but this is something that is there. How many times have you thought about something or someone and then they contacted you immediately and you say, oh, wow, that was so strange. No, it wasn't. That was just telepathy and you were tapping in and being telepathic, all very normal. So I teach parents and children how to start using this all very normal ability to have a more conscious, perhaps let's use the word better, definitely more intuitive and uh, easier life once we start learning how to use these abilities that we have. It's like they're one of our senses. It's just been numbed. Hmm. Wow. Well, I know I have another idea for you. You need to be a guest blogger on one of my on my blog so I can post it in the newsletter because you have some great tips for parents and we'll have to talk about that. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Did you know that writing is a huge component of science, history, language arts, and so many other subjects in school? If your child struggles with writing, they will most likely struggle across the board in school. It doesn't have to be this way. Writing can be taught and almost all kids need a refresher. At Dynamis Learning Academy, we have a three-day online creative writing workshop that is fun and exciting for kids, but also gives them the strategies they need to improve their writing everywhere across the board and especially in school. They even leave the class with a completed writing product. To learn more, reach out to us at 770-282-9931. Thank you. So now that we've gone through the major questions, uh, this is kind of just some fun stuff I've come up with. What is the best piece of parenting advice you've received over time that helped you become a better parent? You have how many children? Two? I have three. I've got three three sons. Three sons. And how many grandchildren? Uh, I've got three three grandchildren also. Mm -hmm. Oh, awesome. Uh, Best piece of parenting advice. Oh, geez. I think you said the art and skill of intentional listening. I like Uh, that. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want to elaborate um, on that? I know you said a little bit about listening earlier and my husband's a big listener. That's what I loved about him actually. <laughs> See, I'm more of a talker. So. so this is, you know, this is, you know, again, um, I'm a verbal processor, right? So that may be something that you do too, that right. I have to yep. process it verbally, really annoying for other people around me sometimes where they have to listen to me, try on all these ideas like, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there and I'm going to do this. And then somebody who takes me literally and doesn't understand that I'm just trying these things on. Okay. Like, oh, what would it look like if I moved to Florida this week, or I moved to Nevada, or I moved to Alaska. <laughs> now I'm not going anywhere. But I try these thoughts on and then I verbalize it. Okay, so one day um, in this intentional listening, my son said something to me. And this is where I got, you know, my son said to me, mom, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And, you know, it was just at that moment, at that stage, right then in there where the light bulbs went on, right? And it was like, oh, he's so right. I need to get into his world. 
I need to become a listener of his world. Because remember, we all see the world from our, we think we're the son of our own worlds and that we see everything and the way we see it is the way other people see it. And they're the son of their own worlds and they see things differently. They may see a glass half full, we may see it half empty. We forget that. And then we bring our talking and our listening, but we're not listening. So as soon as he said that to me, it was like, whoa, okay, I got it. And I practice it, Helen. It's not, it's not something that comes naturally to me. You know, I wasn't taught that anywhere. So I have been practicing this for years and it makes all the difference. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Go ahead. I was going to say one other thing with this intentional listening is that we allow people, and I I just cut you off now, but it was intentional, is that we allow people to finish their sentences. We allow them to finish their thoughts. And then when we give them that space to finish their thoughts, then that's another way of intentionally listening that we and you know, I know I have the tendency to interrupt. Most people do. And then it's like being present and conscious. Okay, oh, I gotta go back and intentionally listen. Stop mm-hmm. interrupting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is difficult. You're right. Cause I do that sometimes as well. Cause I, my head's always thinking ahead of what I'm gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> um, so what did your parents teach that has helped you become a better adult? What did my parents teach? respect uh that they were very very big on respect and respect of other people and respect of ourselves so that when we respect ourselves we will then have the ability to respect other people and respect was a really big deal in in my family as a child that we that i showed respect and respect was in everything from how you do one thing to how you do another. It's always with respect, respect for the self, self-respect and then respect for other people, their time, their, their efforts, um, all of that. It's just in one, not in a, I guess in a nutshell, respect. Mm-hmm. Yep, seems like that's kind of been going by the wayside lately, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and I do believe, I do believe that the reason is, again, that it hasn't been taught. Something, I, I, something happened during the generation after mine into the following two generations, following my generation, and something happened with parenting. And then, you know, this could have been part of the, like, I hate to say the movement of, you know, free love, hippie generation, take all of that, where you can do whatever you want, just do whatever you want and say whatever you want. And so, yep, we're in that generation right now. (laughs) And so in that space, what happens is self-respect is not taught. And if you can't respect yourself, how will you be able to respect other people? Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people are shocked about everything that's being said out there. And then you've got social media, which makes it a lot easier to be able mm-hmm. to say what you want to say <laughs> without right. thinking about, well, how does this come across or, you know, what should I say that? I mean, I stop and I'll type something. Sometimes I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Let me back this out. This is not appropriate in my book. No. 
<laughs> and we're we're also going we're swinging back though now to the to the you know to this excuse me the social inappropriateness and what can I say and what are people gonna you know I'm gonna give you an example I did a podcast today and I went um, on my own podcast ask Ellie right into it you know and so I had um, a fitness fitness guru um, on the podcast today and we were talking about just this is an aside but it, it's going to make sense so we were talking about um people loving their bodies you know there's this whole big movement so you could be like 350 pounds a five foot three petite woman and i love my body i love my body mm -hmm. and then i had this conversation and he was a little concerned that i was being i was stepping on people's toes by what i was going to say after that which is if you really really loved your body at 350 pounds would you love your organs inside your body because mm -hmm. if you love your organs inside your body at 350 pounds your heart is suffering and so are your intestines and so is every other functioning organ in your body. So while you may be out there parading on social media um, and magazines about self-love for your obese body, and this is not a judge, again, you know, it's not a judgment. It's just a what's so. This is what's so. You can say that you love your body with all the weight that you are, but then my question is, do you really love your body? Because what are you doing to your organs? Where are you being grateful for your heart that beats? Where are you being grateful for all those organs that are being squashed in there? Mm. So that sounds awful. <laughs> it does. It doesn't sound very loving to me. But the point is that we had this conversation and then the conversation turned to, uh-oh, is this a socially inappropriate conversation? Will people be offended by mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I said, you know what? They may be, but that's not my problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you got it. You got to hear it. You got to see the whole picture. Not. I just mean, it's it's a what picture. It's a what so, you know, like if you're dealing with your children and your children are becoming obese, you want to, and he's going to be back on my podcast because we're going to be talking about this. You know, <laughs> if your child is obese, right? You're, that's a disservice to your child. It's a, really a disservice. You know, mm -hmm. we have the best food on this planet and, you know, you're setting your kid up for a whole lot of problems by allowing your child to become obese. And I'm not saying that you got to become like crazy about your food, but then eat healthy and exercise and you won't have this problem. Mm -hmm. A little less screen time. That's true. That's true. Um, so do you have a favorite quote and affirmation, one or the other, that you'd like to share with our audience today? I do, but I have to just look it up because it's a long one and I do want to get it right. Okay. It's by Fuller. Uh, it's but yes. Do you have it there in front? Because yes. you can read it to me. Then. Yeah, if you like me favorite. to read it, I can. Yes, please. Um, go ahead. Is you never change things by fighting the existing reality to change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And that's our Buckminster Fuller. Fuller. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So you yeah. never change things by fighting the existing reality to change something. Build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Woo, that's powerful. Yeah. Think about the, like, think about your telephone, right? 
So your old rotary phone for those people who <laughs> um, know what that is back in the day and you couldn't move because it was attached to your wall or to a plug. So you had to sit there if you're going to be on the phone for hours. And now kids don't even know what to do with that thing because we're using iPhones. So nobody said, hey, let's trash the phone. Yeah, we just created it. Right. Or your watch. We just or your watch. You can answer calls with your watch. <laughs> yeah. We just created or a Alexa. new model. <laughs> That's right. So a new model was created, which then made the old model obsolete. And that is how I looked at education. We need to create new models for education mm. that will then replace the old models that no longer work. So I agree. And I, I hate to say that COVID might have been a blessing in a way. I hate to say it isn't really a blessing, but you know what I mean? Like there's always reasons why things happen as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I think that kind of shook a little bit and made a little earthquake to the education world because now they're all scrambling going, oh, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Oh, we have mm-hmm. these different learners. They already knew we had different learners, right? Mm-hmm. So why does every child have to sit in a, in a classroom for eight hours a day? They don't. They don't. There's it's other terrible. ways. It's a horrible I mean, idea. I've been saying, yeah, I've been saying this for years. I'm like, I'm the teacher and I get bored and I can't just sit there all day long. So I'm so happy in a way that there's, you know, different ways that they've encountered now that mm-hmm. kids can learn. Yeah. Agreed. And all that's going to do is allow them to possibly the ones that are motivated and going back to having all these great skills, they may be able to move forward even faster, which in the exactly. end, if people can see it way ahead, God has gifted me with being able to see way ahead. So what that can do is your child somebody gave me this acronym yesterday and I forgot what it is. Um, oh gosh, something about retiring early. You work harder and you retire early. So her son's looking, one of my podcast guests said it on there yesterday and it'll be releasing as well. And that's Dr. Ross. And she said, my son who's 30, he says he's going to retire by the time he's 35 or 40. I'm like, why not? And I'm thinking about all this new technology, all this different ways of learning. Kids can get through college faster, some of them. And they may retire a lot earlier, which may help with health, things like that, as long as they don't get too stressed about doing it. (laughs) Mm. There's just so many things that can compound just from that. Just the fact that we've shifted education slightly, even. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's, I'm sure, a lot of other benefits I'm not even thinking of right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't know what the future will bring in terms of technological advances because things are moving rapidly. Exactly. And we've got real tech, real innovation happening in the space industry. And so, you know, a lot of kids are going into STEM careers and women mm -hmm. are going into STEM careers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. So what uh, I know you made a comment earlier about, um, you know, them reaching out to get, I think you said something about the free gift. I'm not sure if you did, but do you want to um, give an offer to our audience? On where oh, they sure, can- sure, sure, sure. So I have a 16 page brochure that is downloadable. And if you go to Psy Kids, which the spelling is www.psikidsacademy.com and you click on the link, you will get a 16 page downloadable, printable brochure, uh, six ways to help your child make magic, or I forget the, I don't even remember the name of it. Tap into their inner magic. 
tap into their inner magic. Yes, it's all about really connecting. <laughs> well, uh, have you used it? <laughs> have you yeah, looked at I've it? been reading it. Yeah. I know I did it's get awesome. some. I got, thank you. I got some feedback. Um, a couple sent me an email saying that they use some of the exercises with their two daughters and they just absolutely loved it. And their daughters loved it also. So there's a lot of fun things to do in there with your children mm. uh, or even with yourself, if you want to, because we have all ages within us. We've got every single age within us. And you know, we That's tap true. that inner child and we make magic with ourselves. And, you know, we see the world through the eyes of our, of our, the child within us, you know, That's true. Yes. and we bring back that glow. You know, we, we love that glow of when that sparkle is in our children's eyes. That's what matters. And that glow uh, is leaving the eyes of a lot of children. We had that conversation, Helen, you and I, um, mm. in the Facebook chat. And, you know, we want to keep that, that glow, that sparkle mm -hmm. in their eyes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I know our audience is going to get a whole lot of value from, from this interview. And um, definitely we're going to talk about you being a, uh, I guess, a ghostwriter or whatever you want to call it for I'd my, my new blog. I yeah. would love to, Helen. That's one well, of my pa passions is writing them. Uh -huh. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, everyone, we will see you again uh, next week with another guest. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you, Helen. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.